Greetings, friends, brothers and sisters, fellow seekers, to all those on the path. My name is Lewis, and you are listening to Budo, The Martial Way. Today, I would like to speak to you about violence and the unavoidable role it plays in society and life in general. No matter where you live, who you are, or the choices you make, violence is a part of life that everyone has to deal with sooner or later. So let's make sure we understand it clearly first. I must admit, the title of this episode, Violence Solves Everything, it's a little bit clickbait. I say that in response to what originally motivated me to record this episode. You see, I remember being told and often hearing people say, violence doesn't solve anything. Violence doesn't solve anything, they say, or sometimes people say, violence is never the answer. This is entirely false. This is a very simple, very clear, barefaced lie. This conscious denial of violence is it's just alarming, really. And anyone that would say such a thing is living a delusional life, blind to the reality of the world they live in. First of all, we need to be very clear about one thing. All laws are underwritten by violence. Let's imagine I get a parking ticket, okay? I refuse to pay it. Then I get a court summons, but I refuse to go. Bailiffs will come knocking at my door. I refuse to answer. So what are they going to do? They're going to knock my door down and try to take my possessions by force. If I reject them, violence. If you refuse to obey any law in our society and refuse to comply to the consequences therein, eventually the situation will escalate to a point of police officers forcibly abducting you. Violence. Violence underwrites every rule established in our society. If you refuse to obey by the laws and customs of your community, the eventual consequence of that will be violence. Now, this is not a criticism of violence or of society or policing or anything like that. It is simply a clear and obvious analysis of the world we live in. If you live in a relatively peaceful community and live a somewhat normal, inverted commas, normal life, then you may very well never encounter this kind of violence. But make no mistake that it is there. The giant fist of institutional violence forever hovering over you, waiting for you to disobey. This is one of the things about modern society. It has become so mechanized, so ordered and systematic that many people are entirely removed from the reality of life. Take meat, for instance. Most people eat meat But how many people have slaughtered a pig? 
You show a video of a pig being hung up by its feet and having its throat sliced open, and most people are horrified by it, despite eating meat on a daily basis. This shows the extreme cognitive dissonance I'm trying to highlight here. Let's talk about media. Try to think of positive portrayals of violence in media. I'm not talking about the controversial things, video games like Grand Theft Auto or movies like Scarface or Reservoir Dogs, where some gangster is brutally murdering someone. I'm talking about genuine, positive, even family-friendly instances of violence. Can you think of any? Let me give you a hand. How about Star Wars? What about Luke Skywalker? In the first movie, he kills 13 people on screen. In the UK, that movie has a U rating. A U. For everyone outside the UK, U stands for universal. It's the lowest unrestricted rating you can give a movie. A movie in which the protagonist literally flies around space murdering people. This is the same for any typical adventure movie. What about Indiana Jones or Aragorn from Lord of the Rings or Neo in the Matrix? All of these men are capable of great violence and kill many people. And that's not restricted to men either. What about the great feminist icons Ellen Ripley from Alien or Sarah Connor from Terminator? Both are strong, able women capable of violence. I guess the argument against what I'm saying here would be that the examples I'm giving are extreme circumstances, totally fanciful events that no one in real life would ever encounter. But the point is that the carefully applied use of violence most definitely does solve the difficult situations these heroes face. And the reality is, look... Human beings have existed in this physical form for about 200,000 years. Human civilization has only existed for about 6,000 years. Now, if you live in a first world country, in some comfortable suburban life, that's great. I'm happy for you. Honestly, I am. But that's not normal. It has not been normal for human beings throughout our whole history, and it's not even normal for the 8 billion humans who are alive right now. We live in a dangerous world filled with conflict, and to be capable of violence is an extremely valuable attribute that will serve you well and could even save your life. To quote Jordan Peterson, A harmless man is not a good man. A good man is a very, very dangerous man who has that under voluntary control. I think a problem with what I'm trying to discuss with you now is that a lot of people conflate violence with anger. They confuse violence with uncontrolled aggression. If a parent says to their child, violence doesn't solve anything, I guess what they are trying to do is stop the child being violent. And why would a child behave violently? I can imagine because they are upset about something. Maybe they are angry or very upset and are lashing out. Of course, this is an inappropriate use of violence, 
But the problem isn't really that the child is being violent. That's just the symptom of the problem. The cause of the problem is that the child is very upset. He or she has lost emotional control. That is what should be addressed. Self-control. A useful person, a truly virtuous, capable individual, has the ability to become an absolute unrestrained savage when necessary. When we talk about self-defense, which I have obviously taught a lot of people over the years, if we are talking about defending ourselves individually, ideally, if possible, we always want to disengage from any potentially violent situation. If someone is threatening us, if we are able to walk away or hell, even run away, then yeah, do it. If someone's threatening me with a knife, I'm probably going to run if I can. I don't want to get stabbed. But that's not always possible. What if the person has you cornered? What if I'm with my wife or my parents or a friend who can't simply run away? If someone I care about is being threatened with violence and we cannot remove ourselves from the situation, then the best way to resolve the situation in your favor is to excel in violence. I do not have children yet, but I can already tell you now. In fact, I can just think about my nephews. If I was out with my nephews and they were ever threatened or someone tried to attack or harm them in any way, you better be ready to go to war because I am going to do everything within my power to neutralize that threat. So we should be capable of violence. It behooves us to be able to apply force and violence should we ever need to. But of course, as Dr. Peterson said, a good man is a very dangerous man who has that under voluntary control. So too, once again, do we find the duality in all things, the middle way. If we are capable of extreme violence, and that is all we are capable of, then we become nothing more than a caged beast, a threat to everyone around us. We must also have a high degree of discipline, of self-control, of respect, and a firm understanding of the potential consequences of violent action. It is rare, but I have seen videos of people taking a single punch, they fall awkwardly, hit their head on concrete, and die. You can die from a single punch. So whenever we engage in a physical altercation, we need to be aware of the potential consequences and not allow ourselves to be carried away by emotion. And this is really what you will learn through the practice of any good martial arts system. Boxing, Muay Thai, Jiu-Jitsu, working in the gym, getting pounded by people who are much stronger and much more capable than you taking orders from your sensei or instructor, learning to work with your partners, these things will humble any man, teach you valuable lessons about respect and patience. As a teenager, I was about as angry and full of rage as someone can get. But as I practiced Muay Thai, started teaching professionally, joined the army, bounced doors, started meditating, with the experience I have, I have the ability to murder most people with my bare hands. I am totally confident that I could comfortably kill 99% of people in single combat. 
But with the journey I have taken, I have also overcome my own anger, my personal resentment and internal struggles to the point in which when I have been working in security, when people confront me angrily, drunken idiots giving me a hard time, I am able to remain calm, to stay centered and deal with difficult situations without resorting to violence. If you haven't had to deal with violence or any kind of physical confrontation in your life, then I pray that your good fortune continues. But if you are a weak, physically incapable person, how confident are you that you won't ever have to protect yourself? It's a gamble, isn't it? I wish safety and peace on all people, but that is not the reality of the world we live in. As it has been said, it is better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. You are free to live your life as you wish, but I believe that it is the responsibility of every able-bodied man to be capable of great violence. For the sake of his family, it must be so. I also believe that you should meditate and study religion and philosophy, and through this spiritual growth, you will balance the scales between aggression and serenity, between war and peace, yang and yin. Or once again, in the words of Jordan Peterson, you should be a monster, an absolute monster, and then you should learn how to control it. War and peace, light and darkness, yin and yang, non-duality, the middle way, it's always the same. Nothing escapes the ever-prevalent Tao. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I enjoyed recording it. It's been a while and I'm excited to get back on top of the podcast and very eager to start inviting guests too. I've got a lot of very interesting people that I'm looking forward to interviewing. If you follow my Twitter account, you should be aware that I published my book last month, The Marshall Method, now available in paperback on Amazon. I am so proud of what I have created. It really evolved from the scope of my original intentions and the finished product is so polished and refined. I'm just so happy with it. And I have had nothing but great feedback so far. Honestly, I have not heard a single bad word about it. Maybe I just need to wait until more people have read it. But seriously, it has been nothing but a hugely positive response so far. As I said, it is now available on Amazon worldwide if you would like that delicious paperback copy. But it is also available on Gumroad if you would prefer a PDF to read on your electronic device. And later this year, I will be recording an audiobook version, which you will eventually get for free with any Gumroad purchase. You can find links to everything at budo.card.co. That's B-U-D-O dot C-A-R-R-D dot C-O. Or on Twitter at WayBudo. But you know what? I really appreciate all the listeners of the podcast, so I'm going to do a super special secret deal just for you. 
If you go on Gumroad and enter the discount, become the way, all lowercase, no spaces, you can get 20% off. I'm not going to advertise that anywhere else. That's just for the podcast listeners. Become the way for 20% off your Gumroad purchase. So thank you, as always, for your time and effort. We're heading into autumn now in the Northern Hemisphere. Perfect time to get out in nature, climb some mountains, breathe deep that fresh air, keep training, continue your practice, study diligently for those on the way become the way.